Welcome to another episode of the Precision Health Pod, where we talk to the people building and experiencing the future of health. Today, we want to welcome Anthony Venari, founder of Fit Insider, a leading newsletter and media brand in the business of fitness and wellness. Excited to have you, Anthony. Thanks for joining. Yeah, appreciate it. Excited to chat. We'd love to get started by hearing just a little bit more about you. Uh, what do you do and, and how did you get started? Oh, man, what do we do? Um, you know, Fit Insider... Now what we do is really kind of covering the fitness, wellness, and health space through a number of newsletters. We now have three and a few more hopefully coming. Um, and it's really taking what I think used to be an overlooked market and trying to provide the research and analysis and trends on what's happening in, in the broad range of what we look at as health and wellness. That's done through the main Fit Insider newsletter, Well To Do, just launched headlines. Um, now we have the Fit Insider podcast and you know a ton of other resources like the jobs board. And um, and then more recently, uh, the investing side, we've really expanded uh, the investing arm of uh, Fit Insider, which is Fit Capital. You're doing so much on a, on a day-to-day basis, making so many waves in the space. What really got you interested in the fitness and wellness space to start with? Yeah, it's uh, it's been something I've done my since I was 15. It's the only thing I've ever done. Uh, originally, Joe and I actually both growing up were uh, overweight kids. So we, he's a little bit older than me. And as he got through his journey of joining football, losing a bunch of weight, becoming like an athlete, it, I started that too. So I think it was probably 12, 13 when I started, he was a little bit older and, um, that was really got me hooked. And then after that, joining the military and then, you know, while in the military going and get certified as a trainer. And then after uh, I got out of the Marines, the only thing I did was I jumped right into never went to school, never spent time doing anything else. It was trainer, strength coach, gym owner, equipment, everything we could do um, because it was what we loved. It was, it was what we presented our life around. When I was at boot camp writing letters to Joe, I was talking about the workout we just did or the challenge we just completed and and that bond we had around fitness. And after we kind of built our first business, which was a, opening a gym, kind of took off and that was it. So ever since then, it's it's been you know some version of a health and wellness and fitness company. And how did you go from gym to newsletter to now full-fledged media empire, I'm going to say, because you're, you're touching pretty much everything? Yeah, it's been a long path. Um, from the first gym until now, it's been about 10 years. And it was one gym to multiple gyms to, you know, we were, I guess you call it fitness creators back in the day before most people were doing it when, you know, it was trying to build a website cost a lot more and you were taking payments only through PayPal. Um because we weren't using Stripe or anyone was really using Stripe back then. So then too, we started making our own equipment. We had our own education program, built a few different companies, um, you know, went, set out on this journey of discovering fitness while also kind of discovering what opportunities are out there. Like I didn't even know you could raise venture capital up until, you know, a couple of years ago. It was, I'm from Pittsburgh. We would just figured if you build a business, you have to make money and you have to have the money to start the business. Um, so it was always us working through this journey and learning more things and saying, oh, we can open more gyms or oh, we can build this thing online or oh, we can manufacture this thing. Um, so, I mean, I don't think there's enough time to cover all the different things in between, but it's really always been this um, North Star of we think fitness, wellness and health should be fun and accessible. And we think more people could and should participate, but there's a ton of barriers to entry. And what can we build as a company or a brand are now within the newsletter. How can we highlight things and and with investing, how can we support companies that are doing the same? 
Definitely. And you can't really accomplish all of that without having your own focus on health and wellness, which it sounds like you do. Uh, what do you do on a daily basis to make sure that you're staying as healthy and productive as you can? Yeah, um, totally. And, and more, you know, I realized it was in 2020 when it was discovered that I kind of ran into some major health issues as well. We found out that I had a brain tumor and that changed my entire approach to health. I was, you know, supplements, lift heavy weights, you know, I was in the gym focused solely on how much I can power clean and, and do all that stuff. And it, as soon as I realized that health was important, not just fitness and looking good, it really changed my perspective. And now it's, you know, it's focused on eating healthy, getting the right amount of sleep, not drinking too much caffeine, over, you know, over the day, taking supplements, but really focused on the holistic health side. And then, you know, morning walks, evening walks, um, being outside and playing pickleball and, you know, doing as much activities I can. And then obviously lifting and training for strength training, but pretty much exclusively body weight and kettlebell just to get the, the, what, make sure that I'm training so that I'm strong, but it's really not about how I look. That's a really tough way to make that change. Um, I'm sorry you had to, had to go through that. And it's, kind of how did you think about that from a mental capacity? Like, what did you do mentally to get through kind of, all right, I'm here really focused on fitness. And then I have this health condition, health concern happen. And now I have to get through that. What was that mental reset really like? Yeah, it was actually especially crazy because Joe and I, our father passed away when we were younger from a brain tumor. So it was like a real big shock to us. And, um, it was a scary time to sit through and think about that. And it was going on at the same time. I found out in February of 2020. So COVID hits. Yep. I, it was just a all, all mayhem across the board. And on, it was really just, I think I'm honestly fortunate that COVID happened because the world slowed down when I had to. Things kind of stopped and everyone was at home and everyone was spending that time and looking at things differently. And I know COVID had a lot of, bad things for a lot of people, but it, for what I saw, it, it gave me kind of a new perspective on things. And at the same time that I couldn't really do much because I was going through treatment, I was, you know, the world was there as well. So it slowed things down. And honestly, it was a lot of ups and downs of, is it going to work? The things that I'm going through, the way that I'm approaching this. And then as things started to look positive, it was, you know, how can I, rebuild what I want to be both professionally and personally and physically health-wise now that I'm kind of have this new lease on everything. So many people, I feel like not everyone has a brain tumor, but so many people go through this health crisis or some sort of health crisis, whether it's mental or physical. And this concept of rebuilding is is really hard. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you, what did you do? How did you think about going through that? What did you, what was step one, step two, step three? Yeah, it was, it was hard. I, I had a ton of false starts. I was a strength coach. I was a gym owner. I was, you know, I could bench five plus hundred pounds at one time. Um, so I got back into the gym after I got all clear for help and I hurt myself immediately trying to deadlift or do certain things that were completely stupid. And, and as a you know fitness professional, I knew that I shouldn't be doing those things, but you get caught up in this wave of getting back into it. And it honestly, open my eyes to what I bet so many people go through when they, they have to start their journey over. Like you were saying, whether it's life changes or certain things happen, 
I always thought it was easy and it's not. And it, a lot of false starts and a lot of working with Joe um, to keep me in check and progressively get there. I couldn't even do a plank. And then I tried to deadlift, you know, 135 and threw my back out type of thing. So working with Joe, fortunately, to slowly, you know, just do planks, just do sit-ups, walk a certain distance, hit a certain amount of steps a day. Um, it was so slow. And, and I think that was the hardest part, the progress and the, I'm still not where I want to be another a year later, but at least it's progressive and healthy and not kind of extreme. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going through something similar right now. Uh, I had a baby, which means your entire health resets. Um, and, uh, everything you do from a fitness perspective, you're doing one thing for nine months and then it slowly deteriorates and then you try to get back. It's this very mental, uh, crazy rebound. Uh, and, and I resonate where it's all right, you have to go slow. Your what your mind thinks you can do your, your body just can't. And so this, this kind of concept of how do I, all right, I'm starting from day one again. How do I think about my personalized approach? What are my goals? How am I thinking about it? Um, it's really, it's really tough, but it's, it's something I think so many people go through. Um, as you've gone through this, how have you thought about your nutrition? Uh, we've talked a lot about your movement, but how do you think about nutrition and supplementation and, and what you do to kind of support what your, what your goals are? Yeah, that's probably the biggest area for me. That's hard. Um, I love food. It's, you know, grew up in traditional Italian family where every activity or thing you did or every affectionate way that you had to express was through food in some way. So uh, it's always been the battle for me. Even, I mean, you know, growing up, being overweight, uh, certain points in my career, you know, as things got crazy and busy and, and you know, things popped up, I would have weight issues. Um, and... It was both eating for health and avoiding certain, uh, you know, really stripped away as much processed food as possible, stripped away a lot of the nonsense, got back to the basics, um, looking at, you know, eating a pretty holistic fruit, veggie, meat diet as simple as possible. And then trying to, because I can't not do it. So building in, you know, we call them cheat days for back in the day, but obviously some people don't like that term, but building in ways to eat even you know, but it's quality food. It's the place up the street that makes like, you know, really well done sourdough pizza or this place that has quality ingredients. So building that around me so that I don't break habits and, you know, uh, go and eat things in a crazy way because you have to binge because you haven't had a, a time to enjoy food for a month on end. Um, and I feel like I'm finally, for the first time in my life, actually, at a very sustainable point of not being extreme at all in both fitness and in nutrition. That's a hard place to get to. Um, and I love that kind of concept of, all right, if you're going to have a food that maybe not isn't traditionally healthy, at least it's got those high quality ingredients. So you're getting nutrients, you're getting more fuel for your body. Even if it's you're eating pizza, um, it's a healthy pizza. We'll just call it that. Or it's a healthier solution there. Um, and then kind of going through this, this health, um, concern that you you went through also building all of these other businesses you're now investing you're doing all these things with fit insider your day has to be stressful or i'm guessing you you experience stress as, as so many of us do how do you think about stress relief like what are your go-to's for for making sure that you're keeping your mind focused and open yeah i don't i don't really have that many um so it's bad i feel like a lot of entrepreneurs kind of go through this where work is all encompassing at certain points in your career. 
And then as that happens, your hobbies and certain friendships and the way that you approach things falls away. And it's something that I try to tell a lot of the entrepreneurs we invest in or people we know. Um, you have to take that time and you have to build in those things. Otherwise, you know, just the same way I had to rebuild my health, I essentially had to rebuild my personal life because it was, you know, so insane and so crazy all the time, building things, raising money, selling companies. Um, I never had much time for hobbies and, and re relaxation. So uh, now it's finally getting a point. Love to play cards, uh, get together, group people, just play, you know, a bunch of card games. Um, fishing has been one that's awesome. We have a cabin up in, we live in Pittsburgh, but in Northern PA, we have a cabin on the river. So pretty much all summer working from there and trying to fish and kayak and do that. And then um, pickleball. Uh, my friends and I love playing pickleball and um, going to the pickleball courts, playing, bringing pizza and hanging out for like five hours until the lights go off type of thing. Um, and hopefully more soon, but that's pretty much it right now. I love the pickleball, uh, the pickleball piece. I'm a avid tennis player. I have been for my entire life. I haven't yet gotten into pickleball because I'm doing a few other things that I don't really have the time for right now, but uh, it's something I love to see more people kind of getting into overall racket sports. Um, and then as you think about kind of everything you've done, uh, is there anything in terms of habits or products or tools that you've tried out that just haven't worked for you that maybe you continuously hear in, in, in mainstream media? Yeah, honestly, the it's funny to say this with all the thought, but like, I, I'm not big on wearables. I'm not big on too much data. I track my steps and that's about it. Um, because getting caught up in it for me at least, and, you know, focusing on that versus did I feel, do I feel good? Do I, do, uh, do I internally have control over how, you know, in respond to what my body's and that natural feelings are. I don't really need the, the data to tell me that. So wearables have never stuck with me. I've tried 30 or 40 different kinds and it's never been something that I needed. And, um, you know, outside of that, uh, also funny to say, but I don't, it's probably burnout from owning gyms and running gyms for so long, but I don't thrive in going to a traditional gym or going to a, a studio or participating in classes. I need to be active and out and, I'd rather walk 25 miles than I would go do an hour, you know, an hour long class at a studio um, nowadays. So neither of those work for me personally and um, trying to find the balance between them and not get caught up in the newest product or thing uh, and keep it simple because I think that's for at least me is what sticks. And if you're not using data, how are you kind of thinking about your kind of personalized approach to health? Is it all on feel are you kind of learning about things through Fit Insider or are there other people, media outlets that you're getting your advice around what might make sense for you? Yeah, I, um, I'm fortunate that there's, uh, I have really good doctors around that from a hormone health perspective, I get, you know, tests there. So there is data, but it's not traditional wearable data. I'm yeah. getting my levels of all kinds checked on a, you know, quarterly basis. I am making sure I have the right supplementation and levels and I'm making sure that, you know, I have a coach. So mentally I feel okay. And I'm dealing with things that way and therapy. So emotionally I feel okay and dealing with things that way. So it's surrounding myself with a lot of, I think, strong and, and quality people that can direct me. And I, Joe and I have always loved whether it's, you know, we're starting a new company and we want an expert in growth marketing, or we have a really good lawyer. We want people that are experts in their space to help us. And those people can direct me. And then, um, 
I love Andrew Huberman. I feel like he's his content, just listening to his podcasts, like going to school. I take so many dang notes and trying and listen to the things he has. Uh, and then yeah, through insider, I mean, spending the amount of time to put together the newsletters and the podcast and everything, and even the jobs board and the content that we're putting out there, getting to see, and now with the amount of companies that reach out, especially we, we invest really early stage. So like those pre-seed stage companies, I feel like I get to see the coolest stuff uh, so early. So it's always fun to see what someone's building and try that new thing or, or hear that approach and, and why they think it'll work. And what are some of those kind of crazy, fun, new ideas that you're seeing? Like, what are the most exciting trends uh, for you? Yeah. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta, I have to feel like I have to, to pull it up and kind of look through, but there's what stands out to me recently on some of these new trends is an area that you live in. Obviously it's this, we call it precision nutrition, customized nutrition, figuring out precisely what you need. And that goes back to like me on the blood draws and figuring it out uh, from a, this is what's wrong with me. I don't need the traditional supplement or the traditional thing. Just the constant ways that people are looking at providing that access to those tests and atom tests and information uh, we really like. And then a big part that recently gets me excited is back to the pickleball thing, but like the level of like, active lifestyle and recreation companies um, that are trying to build communities around pickleball, paddle, run groups, cycle, or gravel cycling, trail running. Uh, they're not really kind of new ideas, but the novel ways that they're bringing people together. I think that has such an impact, an impactful way to keep people successful is that community and that accountability. And those ones are really, at least my favorite that we've seen lately. I love that, especially coming out of the the pandemic and everyone being at home and so isolated, having these new ways to get outside and get active um, in a really kind of structured way makes a ton of sense. I'll definitely have to look look further into that. Um, and then in terms of anything that you would love to see, but you're not seeing yet, like anything around kind of the building the future of health or things that you wish that you had for your own health? Yeah, there's, I've seen a few of them over time but it's never really been i've at least never seen anyone hit really big and i think the the term is kind of uh confusing to some but this focus on incentivizing healthy behaviors and then behavior change that's obviously the root of a lot of problems for people and this is something that you see online all the time it's something i'm really passionate about that really upsets me is you hear a lot of these kind of talking heads and these uninformed people say oh people are overweight or obese or they're unhealthy because they're lazy and it's like, that's definitely not the case. Health, you know, genetics, income, work, life, emotional trauma. There's so many reasons that would put somebody in an unhealthy position to sit here and say it's purely based off of laziness or, you know, uh, unwillingness to get dedicate themselves to something is crazy. And, you know, finding companies that can address that at its root cause is something that is like, obviously the holy grail of this whole thing. Because in, in just an just thinking about, I was talking with a buddy the other day, going to the grocery store, it's 99% garbage. And then it's the 1% is like decent stuff. And especially food deserts and people don't have that certain level of income and, you know, can't pay for certain luxuries to sit here and blame them. When I honestly think it is like a, when you see someone that's super healthy, you're like, wow, that's awesome. That's a cool accomplishment. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that level of like digging into that root cause and finding ways to scale and make it easier and inform people in a better way and help facilitate their habit and behavior change in some is awesome and, and hopefully can find that. 
Yeah, I think so many people are trying to work on that, but I agree with it. It's it's a lot about behavior and there's so many things that go go into health. Um, you just mentioned a couple, like your genetics matter, your lifestyle matters, your circumstances matter, your hormones matter, your kind of health conditions that you're going through, it all changes and it's con- continuously dynamic. So as even if you think about weight or you think about nutrition or you think about stress, it all really ties into so many different types of data um, that you really need to get a handle on. And then how do you move the needle, which is the behavior change uh, piece of it. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I couldn't couldn't agree more in kind of how that falls into the root of everything related to health. Um, And as you think about health, fitness, the healthcare industry, what do you think health is going to look like in 10 years? Yeah. Um, from the fitness perspective, I really think it's going to be based around consumer centric active lifestyle. So many things you do, social fitness, community activity, you know, it's, and I, you see more and more, but it, it really excites me of driving people back to the basics of you move more, eat well, that's like, what is the target? So I see that on the fitness side. It's, we saw this, especially during COVID, this so, surge of crazy connected products and other things when you're like, I don't think most people need that. And it's a little bit unnecessary. And then on the health side, it's it's access and consumerization of everything where, you know, previously I couldn't go get a blood draw from a company like Routine to figure something out or, or whatever else, you know, think about five years ago, what that would have looked like, or even, you know, 10 years ago, being able to access my hormones in my panel without going through a PCP and then through a specialist and then to a certain test and like those levels of consumerization and putting things front and center, um, it's going to really build, let the consumer build this kind of path around them. I just hope that it's not only for the wealthy and more importantly, there's a way to inform consumers about what that actually means. And there's no, you know, the the negative of the wellness and, and health space is like the snake oil side of people selling a lot of garbage. So I hope there's a way that there can be information and protection around that. But as things continue to be focused on the consumer, it's just going to open up so many pathways. And it's one category that we look at, and I think we call it like erasing stigmas around mental health and women's health and um, condition-specific care and other things where, you know, previously it would be such a hard thing to go and find out. But now, hopefully, those things are readily available to you that you can even test at home or at least make it so that you can find somebody anywhere. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most exciting things about data is that the availability of snake oil may still be there, but people have more access and more knowledge and more understanding around, is it working? Is it not? Is it for me? What are, what are my labs actually saying? What's my wearable data saying? Um, to start to parse out what works, what doesn't, um, and what is snake oil? Uh, so that's the, I, I love that kind of thought around the future. Um, so thinking about everything you've gone through in your health journey from when you were younger, through your time in the military to now and, and kind of your course of your career, do you have any kind of overarching advice that you would give to your younger self or someone maybe starting, um, starting earlier where you were? Yeah. So advice from like the personal side or, or, um, personal, professional professional. fitness. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say personal and fitness side is, um, really focus on, building a community around you for fitness. I still have friends that we used to work out together that we meet up and do, you know, once a month, Saturday workouts, go to the park, do things. It is so fun to, it's, it's awesome to make fitness fun and, and, and build it around the enjoyment and not make it for a large portion of when I first started, it was always, I'm going to go and torture myself and like force myself through this thing or do this thing because it's, 
the the pain and the overtraining and the focus on doing it is what is the is what you should do. And even when I trained other people sometimes when I was early on in my career, I was doing that. So that's obviously wrong. Make it fun, make it accessible, make it sustainable and plan for how you're going to feel in five years and 10 years and, and so on, not for how you're going to look in the next month when you go through a, you know, 1200 calorie diet and you're trying to get abs to go to the beach type of thing. So, and then on the kind of personal professional side, it's really, you know, I think that when I first started with building my own companies, it wasn't cool to build companies and be an entrepreneur and do things. And now it's become this de facto cool thing. And you just see people back to snake oil online all day talking about the newest way to make money, drop shipping or selling, I don't know, building some chat GPT thing or all the 24 year olds that talk about how rich they are online. And uh, (laughs) it's all garbage. It's all nonsense. And it's not fulfilling. Even if you do make certain money, because in the end is your stuff impactful are you helping people? Are you building something that you're proud to show? And are you building a brand and a, a, a you know, and a legacy that you're proud to show? Because for me, it's, it's why we're so dedicated to health and wellness. I, I saw this firsthand, especially with my dad, but then myself, but like, if you don't have health, you don't have anything. If you're not healthy, it doesn't matter what you have or own or do or anything else, because you just can't be there to enjoy it. or You're not around. So if we can help, help founders and companies build things, that can improve people's quality of life and health. That's awesome. That's the Holy grail. And that's what we want. And that's what our passion is. I mean, if your passion is saving dogs or whatever else, but do something that's meaningful to you at least, and not just do it for money. It seems irrelevant. Such great advice across the board. Um, and couldn't agree more with the, with the health statement. Uh, well, thank you, Anthony, so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Just want to leave one last question. How can people find more about you, more about fit uh, insider and, and everything that you're doing? Yeah, really appreciate having me. It was awesome to talk about this stuff. Usually are on the other side of it, so don't get to say much. Um, and Fit Insider, uh, just Google that. The Fit Insider website has a newsletter podcast. It's F-I-T-T. And then um, LinkedIn is where we're sharing most of the day-to-day stuff. It's funny. I feel like everyone picks their platform. Some people are Twitter or whatever else. But for whatever reason, LinkedIn is is an awesome way to distribute the newest research and trends that we have. So find me there and um reach out if you're starting a company, if you're doing something, if you want to chat, if you have a similar story, you know, we're, we're kind of hanging out, me and Joe, and we'd love to talk to people. And highly recommend for folks that are interested in the space, understanding what's the latest, how uh, how Anthony and, and team think about it, definitely check it out. Uh, it's a great, uh, great platform. Madden and Mitchell Media.